Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse of the, of the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Shuva Yisrael. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos Parshas Hazinu, which was Shabbos Shuva that year, in the year Tavshin Mem, 42 years ago. The Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Hasidic discourse in honor of the 13th day of the month of Tishrei, again in the year Tavshin Men, 42 years ago. So the verse, the Hasidic discourse is based on the verse of the Haftorah from this Shabbos, where it says, the Prophet says, Shuva Yisrael, the Jewish people should return, Ad until Hashem Olekecha, God, your God. So the Rebbe says it's known the questions that are asked from the previous Chabad Rabbeim, why does it say add until Hashem Elokecha, God your God? It seemingly should have said li to Hashem, Hashem Elokecha. And if the right expression should have been li Hashem Elokecha, not add until. Also, another question they asked, why it uses both terms for Hashem? Hashem, Yudke Vavke, and Elokecha, the name of Elokim, which is more referring to judgment. Yudke Vavke is the infinite part of God, and Elokecha is more the finite part of God. So he's using both, both, both names. And the question is, why is that? And especially, the Rebbe says, it says over here, Shuva Yisrael. Return who? The Jewish people. But what name does he call the Jewish people? Yisrael. Now we know that the Jewish people have two names. Yaakov and Yisrael. Yaakov is referring to the part that Yud Akev, a heel, like the lower part of the Jewish people, and Yisrael is the higher part of the Jewish people. As we know that why was Yaakov called Yisrael? As the verse says, Because you were able to fight with, with, with the angel of God and with people and you were successful. So what are we, when we say Shuvah Yisrael, we're talking to the higher part of the Jewish people, the spiritually higher part of the, of the Jewish people. So therefore, when we're talking about Shuvah, we're talking about the ultimate in Shuvah. And if we're dealing with the ultimate in Shuvah, seemingly we should use the name Yudke Vavke. Why are we using the name Elohim? And it's also understood from the Aftorah of Shabbos Shuva, which is called Shuva Yisrael, that we're referring to the Shuva, the repentance of the Jewish people and the repentance of Shabbos Shuva is a higher level of Shuva. So if it's a higher level of Shuva, seemingly we should have used the name Yudkei Vavkei. Now why are you referring to the higher level of Shuva? Because we're explaining like this. Because we know Shabbos, in general, Shabbos is made up of three letters, Shin, Beis, and Sof which is the same three letters that make up Tashev, to return to Hashem, which is referring to the higher level of Tshuva. So that's a general Shabbos. So Shabbos in general is connected to we return to Hashem, a higher level of returning. And in higher level of returning, in Hebrew it's called Tshuva Law, and there's many levels, because as we know, for example, every day we have to do Tshuva, every day we're trying to return to Hashem, even during the week. So in Shabbos it's a higher level of Tshuva. So how much more so when we're dealing with Shabbos Tshuva, it's even a much much greater level of, of, of Tshuva. So since we're dealing with Shabbos, with Shabbos a very, very high level of Tshuva, and especially in Shabbos Tshuva, that we know that what happens on Shabbos Tshuva, we literally fix all the Shabbos of the whole year that we did something wrong. Like the rare beings a fascinating teaching, which is brought down in the writings of the Arizal. 
And he explains over there the seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And the Arizal says that the seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it, you have every one of the days of the year. Irrelevant what day it starts, but since it's seven, you have all the seven days there. So what happens is on the first day of, this, of the week, so you fix all the Sundays of the whole year. And the same thing also with the Mondays, and the same thing with the Tuesdays, etc. What happens on Shabbos, Shabbos of Tshuva, you literally elevate all the Shabbos of the whole year. Why? Because the, the repentance of Shabbos Tshuva is much higher than the Tshuva that we do a whole year. So notice, even though we just learned that Shabbos has the same letters of Tshuva. So that's correct. It's a high level of Tshuva. But the Shabbos Tshuva is even higher than the regular, regular Shabbos. And literally it's on the level of Yom Kippur, where Hashem forgives us. And in Yom Kippur we know it says, Ki And this day Hashem will atone for us. And the verse continues, Lifnei Hashem. In front of Hashem, the Torah, we're going to be purified. What does Lifnei Hashem mean? Higher the name of Yudkei Bavke. So Shabbos Shuvah is on the level of Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is what? We reach higher than Yudkei Bavke. So Shabbos Shuvah is as well. Not only that, it says, Yechaper Aleichem, Hashem will atone upon us. And Yechaper doesn't say, who's atoning? So who is atoning? Someone that's not limited to a name and to a to description, etc. So what happens in Kippur, we have the highest level of tshuva. So therefore in Shabbos tshuva, we also have the highest level of tshuva. So therefore it comes back to the original question, why does it say, Shuvah Yisrael Ad Hashem Elokecha? It say Ad Yudkei Bavkei. Shabbos tshuva is the higher level of tshuva. Rebbe says, it's known the explanation that this that it's the, the verse says in the prophet Shuva Yisrael, the Jewish people should return, Ad Hashem Elokecha, and he uses both names, Yud Kei and Elohim because it's referring to, and I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate it, it's referring to the Yichud of Havaya and Elohim, the union of Yud and Bavkei and Elohim, Yichud Havaya Elohim what does that mean? like it says in the Torah in the, in the, it says as follows. The verse says, "The Yedata Hayoyim." You should know today. It must be Yedata. We know in this sphere of this Chachma Bina and Das. So, which sphere do we use? Yedata Das. That's the one that allows us to connect in a very, very powerful intellectual way. So it says, "The Yedata." You should know Ki Avayahu Elokim. That Yudkei Bavkei and Elokim. It's really the same thing, which is a very, very high level of understanding. And like the Zuri explains it at length. Why? Because it's very simple. Normally we say Yudkei Bavkei is the infinite part of, uh, of Hashem. Elohim is the finite part of Hashem. What does the Torah say? The Yadata Ki Elohim. You think that you reach this Yudkei Bavkei is a very high level. Elohim is a finite level. So you should know. No, no, it's the same thing. So in other words, so therefore the Rebbe is explaining in short, and we're going to go into it in depth now, that when it says Shuva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Elokecha, we're referring to the union of Yudkei Bavkei and Elokim. The union of Hashem and Elokim, like the verse says, like explained the Zoyar, the oneness of, that, of Yudkei Bavkei and Elokim is on the same level. And that's why it says, Shuva Yisrael, that the, we should, the Jewish people should return, Ad until Havai Elokecha, because what is the Tshuva, what is repentance that we have to do? It has to do with the knowledge <coughs> The knowledge that Yudke Bavke and Elohim is really the same thing. Like the Rebbe brings the famous story in the Prophet, 
when the Jewish people um, rebelled against Hashem in, in Mount Carmel, and they went ahead and did tshuva, and they saw a tremendous miracle that, that Hashem was the right God, that means they shouldn't listen to any idolatry. So what did the Jewish people say afterwards when they saw that God is the God? So they said, Hashem hu ha'elokim. And they actually said it twice. Hashem u'elokim, Hashem u'elokim. So you see that what is tshuva? Tshuva is realizing Hashem hu elokim, that the infinite part of Hashem, the finite of Hashem, is all one Hashem, it's all one God, there's no two gods. The yudke vavke, elokim, it's all one thing. So that's why it says, Shuva Yisrael, ad Hashem What is the tshuva we have to do? The tshuva we have to do is that we have to be cognizant, and we have to we have to understand, and we have to meditate, and we have to get the fact that Hashem and Elohim is the same thing. Even though Hashem is referring to the infinite part of Hashem, Elohim is the finite, it's really, really all one thing. Now, he gave the example when they did Shuvah by Harakarmah, when they said Hashem and Elohim, they said it actually twice. Shuvah says, one second, why did they say it twice? Hashem and Elohim, why are you repeating it? Why do you say it twice? Because when a person does Shuvah, you actually reach a higher level than the level of a tzaddik. So it knows a tzaddik, so the Torah says, But however, when someone does tshuva, you reach a higher level. And therefore you reach Hashem Elohim twice. So Hashem Elohim is, that's the ultimate of Oida. Tzaddik only reaches one level, and about tshuva reaches a second level. Where do we see this, Rebbe says? The Rebbe brings from a medrash. The medrash says, that it says by Mar- Har Sinai, when we see the Torah, what is the opening of the Ten Commandments? Anoichi, referring to Hashem himself, Hashem alakach, I am God, your God. But on the other hand, Bekarmel, in this story, in, in Har Karmel, the prophets, when they said Hashem alakim, so it says twice Hashem alakim. And the author explains in the Kuti Torah, that in Har Sinai, when we see the Torah, we were in the level of a tzaddikim. That's why it says, Anoichi Hashem alakach once. And when a person is on a level of a tzaddik, which means he learns Torah and he does all the mitzvahs, so then you're, you're drawn down into this world, Hashem will look him only once. However, the altar says in Hara Carmel, when they did tshuva, they returned to Hashem, they're able to draw down Hashem will look him twice. So you see clearly that based on the Medrash, based on the altar explains it, that a tzaddik can bring down Hashem Ulaqim only once, versus a Baltruva can bring it down twice. And Rebbe said it's similar to what it says in reference to Matan Torah, so what does it say but when we receive the Torah? Anoichi Hashem Alokecha. Anoichi, referring to the essence of Hashem, is our God. How many times does it say Anoichi? It says once, one, one time. However, when it comes to Tshuva, we see in the Prophets, it says, Anoichi, Anoichi. It says twice Anoichi. Um, the Lamani, for, you know, and it says clearly what? Twice Anoichi. Why? Because when a person learns Torah and does mitzvahs, when life is good, the level of a tzaddik, then you reach only one Anoichi of the Ten Commandments. However, when a person does truva, which is higher than the level of a, of a regular tzaddik, you actually, higher than the level, you draw down normally to Torah and Mitzvah, so then you have a double noichi. And that's why it says, anoichi, anoichi, lemani. And so what does lemani mean? So the Targum says, it, for my name. Why is it referring to my name? The name, the big name of Hashem. Or even higher, where who was Shemuel Hashem and his name is the same thing, um, which is before the idea of the Tzimtzum. So that's what, what, what did we just learned here, to recap before we go further into this. 
What the Rebbe is explaining is the reason why it says Shuba Yisrael, because that's the Shuba we have to do. The Shuba we have to do is that Yudkei Bavkei and Elokim is really all one. And we do tshuva, not only do we, do we, do we understand the yadata hayoyim, like a regular level of a tzaddik, that Hashem and Elohim is the same thing, but we actually draw down Hashem and Elohim twice. And the same, same applies with Hashem's name, Anoichi, that by doing tshuva, we draw down the Anoichi twice as well. And now there was going to explain it even deeper, and he says as follows. When we say Hashem hu Elohim, it's a heavy Kabbalah here, so let's, uh, get into it. When we say Hashem Elohim, that Yudke Bavke and Elohim is the same thing. What does that mean? So there's two insights and two there's two different comprehensions of it, and that's as follows. The first insight is so we know Yudke Bavke is referring to the infinite part of Hashem. Elohim is the finite part of Hashem, the Tzimtzum part of Hashem. So with the simple the first insight is what does it mean Hashem Elohim? That even the concealment of Shem Elohim, where God is concealed, it's still Yudkei Bavkei. In other words, Yudkei Bavkei is the infinite part of Hashem, Elohim is where God is concealed. But guess what? Even when God's concealed, Yudkei Bavkei is still there as well. In other words, it never explains. Yudkei Bavkei comes from the word of Hashem creates. In other words, any creation that takes place comes from Yudkei Bavkei. Now, but the fact is, the infinite Yudkei Bavkei in order to create something physical and something which is distinct from its creator and it considers itself its own identity, it's impossible for Yudkei Bavkei because Yudkei Bavkei that would create something and the thing that it would create, it would still recognize that it's coming from Hashem. But Hashem wanted to make something a yes, something physical, something which is disconnected from its source. So in order to create something physical, that's, that apparently looks like it's, it has its own identity, that comes about through Shem Elohim. What does Shem Elohim accomplish? Shem Elohim accomplishes that it conceals. It creates a concealment and a hiddenness of the Yudke Bavke. As it says in the, in the, in, in the, in the prophets clearly, Kishemesh Umogoin Avayelakim. In other words, Yudke Bavke is compared to the sun, and the shield is considered to Shem Elohim. So ultimately, everything comes from Yudke Bavke. But Elohim creates a concealment. So that's why it says, Havayahu Elohim. Yudke Bavke is Elohim. What does that mean? Because even though the creation and reality in the revealed faith, where does it come from? It comes from Shem Elohim because Yudke Bavke could not create a physical reality. And like it says clearly in the beginning when Hashem created the, the world, what does it say? Bereshis Bara. It doesn't say Yudke Bavke. It says Bereshis Bara Elohim. In order to create, you needed Shem Elohim. Esher Shemayim Esaretz Heaven and Earth. And if you count clearly, the Zoya says that there's 32 times where it says the name of Elohim in the creation of the, creation of the world. So the creation took place as it opens off and says, Bereshit Bar Elohim, and 32 times it uses the name Elohim. So you see that in order to have a, a, a physical world, what creates the world in a physical revealed way is Shame Elohim. And because you have Shem Elohim that's creating the world, you can have a physical world and a world that looks like it's, it's independent from Hashem. So it comes along to Hashem and says, relax. You look at a physical world, you look at a materialistic world, so you say it's something physical and it's disconnected from Hashem, it has its own identity, so therefore the Torah instructs and says, the Yadata, use your mind. 
and you should know, and you should realize, you should conscious, you should be, you should have the consciousness should be clear. Ki alokim. This alokim that created the world and it doesn't look like it's God. No, no, there's no. It's all coming from Yud Kei That even in the shame alokim, which is concealing and constricting Yud Kei just know that there's no two separate forces. Avaya is alokim, and therefore the truth is. In reference to Hashem, there's no concealment. There's no concealment. It's all coming from you. Okay, so you created your filter. But what changed? Nothing changed. Now what happens is, so on one hand, you're going to say, one second. The infinite part of Hashem is the one ultimately creates it. But the fact is for us, it's Elohim. Why? Because we couldn't handle Yud But the reality is, so therefore, what's ultimately the, the creation? Yud We don't see it. And that's why it says, We have to know, we have to recognize it. Now, so we recognize it, it looks like it's on a spiritual level, comes along, the rabbi teaches us, no, when we go ahead and do our avoido, our spiritual work, what's our spiritual work? Learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, then what happens is we draw in the yudke bavke into the concealed world. The Yadato, I know that really it's yudke bavke, and you want it to be revealed by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, you bring yudke bavke into the world. And that's why the, the Torah says in the beginning of creation, Ashabar Alakim, God created with Shem Alakim, but Lasois. What's the idea of Lash? created, what do we have to do? And the answer is Lasois, we have to fix the world. What does that mean? What, what does it mean fix the world? What's practical? We take a hammer and fix the world? No. We have to fix the concealment of Shem Alakim. We have to fix the concealment that God has concealed. And we have to draw in the revealed part of Hashem into the world. And like it says clearly afterwards, Biyoim. Asois, the day Hashem did, beyond Asois Hashem created, and it says, Hashem Elohim Eretz Hashemayim. So now, already later on, it does say that Hashem created Yudke Bavke and Elohim created the heaven and the earth. How did that happen all of a sudden? Because when we do our work, like the Torah says, of the Ulashamra, what's our work in the world? Our work in the world is learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And we learn Torah and do mitzvahs, we draw in Yudke Bavke into the world. And we bring Yud Kei into the world, then we create the reality of Eilat Toldesh Hashemayim Baaretz. This is the offspring of the heaven and the earth. And if you give a look in Toldesh, it's written with a, with two vavs. It's called Toldesh Mole. There's two vavs in the world Toldesh. And like it says later on in the prophets, Eilat Toldesh Peretz. It also says with two vavs. Why? Because it's even higher than when Hashem created the world. Toldesh of creating the world with two vavs, with, with Peretz even higher. <coughs> Why? Because when a person goes ahead and learns Torah and does mitzvahs, so what happens is, parrots, you break away all the boundaries, all the limitations of all the concealment and all the constriction of Shem Elohim, and we make a dwelling place for Hashem here in this world. Okay, this is a recap. So the first insight of Hashem Elohim is that Yud Kei is the infinite part of a God. The infinite part of God is not revealed in the world. Shem Elohim is the finite part of God, the, the part of God that conceals, and that's the part that we able to enjoy and use this physical world. Our avoid is to know that really in this concealment it's Yud Kei How do we reveal it? How do we reveal Yud Kei into the world? How do we make Hashem Elohim by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs? That's the first insight in Hashem Elohim. Now Thomas goes on to the second insight. What's the second idea of Hashem Elohim? And explains like this. You need to clear your mind for a second because we're going to a whole different concept. Hashem Elohim explains is 
that even this Yud Kei that we spoke about, the infinite part of Hashem, where it's higher than even getting enclosed in the Elohim in any concealment. So, in reference to Atzmusa Yumuhusa Yisbarach, to the essence of Hashem, so to speak, Yud Kei is like Elohim. In other words, like this. Yud Kei from our perspective, is infinite. Doesn't come into the world. Elohim is finite. There was a now. Let's go into Atzmusa. Let's go take a journey to the essence of the infinite Hashem. The essence of the infinite Hashem, the essence of Hashem, you look down, Yudke Bavke is just like Alakim. They're both a, they're both not the essence of Hashem. So Kiyavayahu Alakim, the second insight is that Havayu and Alakim is the same, the same, the same level of nothing compared to the essence of Hashem. And like it says in the prophets, Ani Hashem, Shmi, that Ani Hashem is my name, that the name, the, the level of Yud Kei is only a name. What does it mean it's a name? A name is not the person, it's only a ray of Hashem, which is basically a huge concealment compared to the infinite light of Hashem, so to speak. Okay, so that's the recap. So what the Rebbe is saying is, when we say Hashem Elohim, there's two insights to it. One is that Yud Kei is infinite, Elohim is finite, our job is that Yud Kei should be revealed in the world, and we do that by learning Torah Mitzvahs. And then Yud Kei Vavke and Elohim come on the same level. Because we're breaking away the concealment of Elohim. That's the first insight. The second insight and in explanation of Hashem Elohim is that even Yud Kei is finite compared to the essence of Hashem. They're both finite compared to the essence of Hashem. So we're taking us obviously to a whole, whole different higher level. Now. Well, this is deep stuff. But now we're going to try to make it practical. Like this. These two ideas of the first level, where, the, where we're taking away the concealment of Elohim and Yud Kei becomes a reality by learning, turning, and doing mitzvahs. The second way is that both Yud Kei and Elohim are nothing compared to the essence of Hashem. That happens by the spiritual work of two per- types of personalities. The Tzaddik, the one that does everything you're supposed to, brings God into the world, and the Baal the one that returns to Hashem, in other words. I never explains it this. <clears throat> when a person behaves, like it says in the prophets, a powerful piece from the prophets, a powerful verse from the prophets, Elohim, in, in, from, from King Solomon, Elohim Asher Adam Yasha. God made us straight. I mean, we should just follow, do what we have to, learn Torah, do mitzvahs, pray, live a godly life, live a beautiful life. Now, God's how God made us, that we should live a normal life. A godly life, a happy life, do whatever we're supposed to, think what we're supposed to, say what we're supposed to, do what we're supposed to. Now what happens is, when a person on that on that path, when you're in that groove of doing whatever you're supposed to, life is going good for you. So when you're learning Torah, and you're doing mitzvahs, you're bringing in, like the first level, the Yud Kei into the concealed part of, 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 the, of the world, in Shem Elohim. Which is the first insight of Havayahu Elohim, like we explained in the, in the, just before. Now, so again, so the, to recap before we go further. Uh, the level of a tzaddik, what is a tzaddik's job is? He's bringing light into the world. That means the world which is by de- default a dark world, created by Shem Elohim, by just doing your avodah of learning, turning, doing mitzvahs, you're bringing Yud Kei into the world. That's the first level. But what happens, God forbid, if someone goes ahead and sins and rebels against the Hashem? What does it mean you rebelled against the Hashem? You rebel, you rebel... You don't rebel against Shem Elohim. Shem Elohim is concealment. That means when you rebel, you're rebelling against Yud Kei Your rebellion is in Yud Kei Because you're not recognizing it that the infinite part of Hashem created the world and maintains the world. 
So now you want to repent. What do you want to repent? Bring back good commitment. You, you destroyed it. How can you bring it back? So you have to draw it from a higher level. How do you draw it from a higher level? So that's where the power of truth is. When someone repents, it means they're going to a higher level, even higher than Yudkei Bavke, because Yudkei Bavke, you messed up. So you're going to drawing it from a higher level in Yudkei Bavke. And the, now why, 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 do you ha- why do you have to do tshuva? And you ever said something very powerful. You want to bring any godly light into this world, and you have to do the work. There's no free lunch. It doesn't happen by itself. you got to be willing to do the work. Even the level of the infinite part of Hashem, which is above above any level the way it flows down naturally knows you cannot go ahead and and do in Hebrew it's called you, doing a Yisrusalat you can, whatever you do is not going to reach the highest level but the fact is <clears throat> in order for those powerful levels that sometimes Hashem gives us a gift and this heavy light of Hashem the Yathom Hashem is revealed it does not dwell and get revealed in an internal way only when you're willing to do the work. And he rather brings from the Zarya, the Zarya says, and I'll quote it and, and I'll translate it, the Kutra Brichu Loisharya Ella Batar Shlim. The infinite part of Hashem does not rest only in something which is complete. Complete means you have to be a vessel for it. You have to want it. You have to be willing to do your avoidah. So when we do our avoidah, we draw in from a very, very high level. Now, Drawing down of the infinite part of Hashem, which is above the level of Ashtalshos, that means above the level of Yudkei Bavkei, that comes by doing our work out of our comfort zone. What is doing work out of our comfort zone? Truva. Truva, when someone repents, the natural thing is when you do something wrong, you want to cover it up, you want to ignore it, you want to forget about it. The hardest thing is to say, I'm sorry. And that's why most people don't say, I'm sorry. Most of you will cover up the mistakes and justify your mistakes. Why? Because doing tshuva is very, very hard. When someone says, I botched up, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, you're literally going out of your comfort zone. So what happens is when you go out of your comfort zone, as hard as it is, you know what happens? You reach the highest level of Hashem. You reach the essence of Hashem. And you draw down that light into this world. That's the power of tshuva. When a person sincerely does tshuva, whether it's between person and person, between person and God, you are going ahead, you're going out of your comfort zone. And when you go out of your comfort zone, tremendous and great things come your way. In other words, when a person does truva, when a person repents, up to the point as we know that what happens when a person sincerely repents, you bring in such a powerful light of Hashem, which is infinite. So, and this is almost like an impossibility. And I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it. Things that you did wrong, that were an X against you, the X becomes a positive. It's not that you, you did something wrong, and you have fun, you have a check, two, one check, two checks, and the X is there. No, no, the X itself shines. The negative itself becomes a positive thing. How is that? That happens when a person does tshuva. When a person returns to Hashem, and specifically when you turn to Hashem in a place of, and I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate, tshuva me ava. When you return to Hashem because you love Hashem so much. And you open up your heart from the depths of your heart. And whereas, uh, like the Altima writes in Tanya, a powerful term, Avarambo, when you have a tremendous overflowing love for Hashem, which is inspired by Truva. In other words, or, or the, 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 the love causes the Truva. But the point is when a person has Truva from Avarambo, you also you have this tremendous love for Hashem, and you realize what you did wrong was not, not okay, you bring in the most powerful lights on yourself. 
and you awaken from a, from a place of higher than Yud Kei Vav Kei. And, and you, it, you know, such a high level, and on that level, Yud Kei Vav Kei is like the level of Shem Elokim, which is the, the second the second inside of, of Yud Kei Vav Kei and Elokim, like we learned before. In other words, and therefore, the Rebbe explains, this is the real power of Tshuva. Literal Tshuva. And it was higher than the regular standard Tshuva, which we get as a default every Shabbos. So except before Shabbos is the letters of Tshuva. So when a person does real Tshuva, not the gift that we have every Shabbos. In other words, because the Tshuva that we have from Shabbos, which are the letters, same letters of, of, of Tshuva. So what does that mean? It's in the level of Eichal Lokim. What is it in Shabbos? Eichal Lokim, Lokim, so to speak, ended. In other words, what does it mean Elokim ended? That the, the, the attribute of, 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 of Elokim, which is represented by symptom concealment, and Behester, and, and, and more of a concealment of Shem Elokim, and you bring in Yudke Bavke. That's standard on Shabbos. But if you want to bring in higher than Yudke Bavke, that happens by real truva, where a person says, oh my gosh, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, you're doing the avoido. Shabbos is automatic. Shabbos comes, all right, we're on the level of tshuva. And yes, the, uh, uh, boundaries and, and concealments go away. What are you getting? You're getting good kibavke. When a person does real tshuva and you say, I'm sorry, you're bringing him from a higher level. And especially with, from the level of what? Something that was, that was, that was, you did wrong actually becomes as a merit for you. Why? Because when a person transforms the thing that you did wrong, you actually bring in a much more greater and more powerful light. light. And uh, how much more? It's like the Rebbe says, says in the Zorya as follows. The Zorya says that God gave us a Torah. How did the Torah happen? The, 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 the Zorya says. It happened when Yisrael came along and said, and he said, Yadati, now I know. Ki Hashem, he worshipped all the idolatry, and he said, I know now that Yudke Bavke is higher, but who's the one that made that proclamation? Someone that was an idolater. So you see that sometimes through someone that went off the path and someone that's deep, deep in, in negativity and comes back in the Shuva, you draw in the most powerful lights. And even though, and as we see by, by Martin Torah, it says Anoichi only once. And as how much more so when it says, like you said, we mentioned before in the prophets, where Anoichi says twice. In other words, how do you bring in Anoichi twice? You bring in Anoichi twice by transforming something negative and dark into light. And like the Rebbe brings for like the Altar writes in Tanya that the ultimate completion of the world, what's going to happen when Mashiach comes, What's going to happen when Mashiach comes? There's going to be a dira loyiz There's going to be a dwelling place for Hashem, the infinite Hashem, down in this world. How does that take place? It happens by us doing our work through Gullus. So when we do our work in Gullus, and we, we, we're technically, we're constantly doing tshuva, we're drawing in the powerful light which we're all going to experience when Mashiach comes. And after we awaken, the, not Yud Kei but the the essence of the infinite light which is hiding Yud Kei through Tshuva so that's powerful we awakened it but then we have to bring that down down into this world into first into the level of Yud Kei because we're going to hide higher than Yud Kei so we have to bring in the essence of Lion Hashem first into Yud Kei which is creation then the level of Yud the way it's connected to Shem Elokim <coughs> And, and, and that, which basically is the, the first insight of Hashem Olakim that we bring in Yud Kei into Yud Kei and into Hashem And that's why Derb explains 
When it comes to tshuva, it says twice Hashem Elokim. And the prophets, when they did repent, they said twice Hashem Elokim. Why is that? Because first level of Hashem Elokim is where you have to literally do tshuva, and you have to go to the highest levels. Up until when you reach that level, we said that Yud Kevavke is just like the level of Elokim, which is the second inside of Hashem Elokim. And afterwards, you have to bring that down into this world, into the Yud Kevavke, and afterwards into into Hashem Elokim, which is the second inside of Hashem Elokim. And but and, and through that, you literally have from the second Elokim, you have that so you have the creation reality, as it says, Bereishis Bar Elokim Hashem created through Elokim heaven and earth, and not only into the world, but literally into the, the ten spheres, like the Zoya writes. That Bereshit is referring to all the ten spheroids, but literally has to go, besides of going to the ten spheroids, has to go into the heaven and to the earth and to everything literally. Okay. So just to recap, this is a very, very deep insight. Everybody just explain. He said like this. What happens through Truva is, we literally go out from Elohim, can we go to the essence of Hashem. But then we have to bring that down into this world. So that's the union between these two insights. The first level of tshuva is where you're reaching what level? The essence of Hashem, where in that level, it's the same thing. After we reach that level, then we bring that down into this world, first into Yudkei then to Elakim, where Elakim gets transformed into the level of Yudkei so then the Rebbe goes on now to explain these are the two ideas that take place in when we blow the shofar in Rosh Hashanah, because we know what's the whole idea of blowing shofar in Rosh Hashanah? It's all about tshuva. Shofar is all about doing tshuva, returning to Hashem. Whereas we know that when you blow the shofar, so what does the shofar accomplish? The shofar, when you blow the shofar, it's a sound. It's called a. It's, and I'll say it in, in Hebrew and I'll translate it. Kalapnima. It's an internal sound which is connected to the internal part of our heart. So that's from one perspective. It goes from the depths of our heart, but nevertheless, the depths is not just a cry from your heart. You need a physical shoifer. Now why is that? Because in Rosh Hashanah, everything goes back to its original source. And what happens in Rosh Hashanah, we have to bring down a brand new light from Atzmos, from the Yasmin of Hashem. So on one hand, you need to have the internal blow, that means you're reaching Atzmos, but on the other hand, you need a physical shoifer, it comes down in a materialistic way. And Rebbe explains and he says like this. Shoifer, the blowing of the shoifer on a spiritual level, what, what are you reaching? You're reaching the level of Bina above his Shalos. And from, and from there you're going to the level of Ratzoin, which is in Kesser, it's the lower part, which is higher than Bina. And, and, uh, even, so you go to Bina, which is above Shalos, then you go to Ratzoin, which is ab- ab- above that. And then you go even higher, to the essence of Hashem Himself. So again, the shofar is the blast. It goes to Bina, to Ratzon, to the essence of Hashem Himself. And from there, you, you, you draw in from the essence of the will of Hashem. And it comes back down to the essence of the will of Hashem, back to Bina, until the physical world. And then it goes literally into the external world, the external world. And like the Rebbe expo- it says, it's all explained in the, in the Chesidah with the Kabbalistic insights, which the, the, the Chesidic discourse, which is called to understand the whole idea of, of, of Kia based on the Kabbalah of the Boshantov. So it was like this. So the Rebbe is saying, what happens on Rosh Hashanah is we're blowing the shofar. On one hand, it's the Plini Salah, which goes to Bina, it goes to Ratzon, to the essence of Hashem. We're going to the highest level, and then we bring it back down to Ratzon, to Bina, into the world, and then to, into literally into the physical world. And that's why the Rebbe says, that's why the shofar has two components to it. On one hand, you have the internal part of the blowing in the shofar, the internal part of the heart, which awakens Atmos, which is even higher than Yudkei Bavkei. 
But you use a physical shoifer, and from literally a, a, a shoifer from an animal, and uh, as a matter of fact, and the, the, the shoifer cannot be connected to the animal. It has to be literally disconnected, because when it gets disconnected, it goes down a level. While it's connected to the animal, it's in the level of chai. But when it gets disconnected, it goes down literally to the level of doimim. And this way you bring down the powerful light into the, into the, into the realm of doimim. And like we say in, 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 the, in the prayers of Rosh Hashanah, the Yeda called Paul Kiata Pa'altoi. Everything was created to know that Hashem created us. That means literally a physical world. Like the Arizal says that when it says Yeda called Paul, it's not only referring to people, it's referring to literally the physical world. And literally the doimim, the inanimate part of the world, should know that Hashem is the what? The one who created us. So you see the same idea in reference to blowing the shoifer. On one hand, we're going to the highest level, we're reaching Atmos, but then we're bringing down that into the physical world, that Hashem, that the world should know that Hashem created the world. Based on this, it brings back full circle, and he says like this. That's why it says, Shuba Yisrael, we should, the Jewish people should return. Ad. And remember the idea, what's the idea of Ad? Hashem Elokecha. So the Rebbe says, what's, why, we, we, the question we asked in the beginning was, why doesn't it say lit too? Why Ad? So Rebbe explains and he says, Ad, what does Ad mean? Until. Ad means everlasting. Everlasting. Forever. Now. So you're going to say everlasting, that's infinite. There's no, no, no. Everlasting is specifically in time-wise. Why? Because something that's infinite, above time, so that that's not everlasting. It's, it's above time. In time, everlasting. In other words, in time, it should be everlasting. So Ad is referring to, again, in time, everlasting. Not infinite, above time. So Ad is, again, specifically in time, everlasting. Now, so therefore, since Ad is in time and everlasting, which sphere is it connected to? It's connected to the sphere of Malchus. Because Malchus is, goes, is, is a sphere which is connected um, in, 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 in a finite way in, in, in time. So Ad is referring to, again to the sphere of Malchus. Yisrael is referring to the six spheroids, Chesed, Gurit, Feres, Netzachot, Yisrael. Now, so based on what explains beautifully, Shuva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Elokecha, that means we have to return Yisrael, which is referring to Zah, the six, the, the six emotions, up until Ad, which is referring to Malchus, up to the point of Ad, again, Malchus and Yisrael, which is Zah and Malchus, which, uh, which is in the level of Hishtalshalus, we have to return Malchus and Zah to where? Lehashem Elokecha, to God our God, in other words, to the essence of the infinite of, of Hashem, the higher part, where in that level, Yudke Bavke is on the same level of Lakim. So Jeremiah is saying is what's what is Shuva Yisrael Shemalakacha very powerful? That we have to take Zah and Malchus Ishtalshlos and elevate it weird to Hashemalakacha to the level where where Yudke Bavke is on the same level of Lakim. Once we bring it to the inf, uh, to the essence of Hashem, then we have to bring it back down Hashemalakacha where Hashem again, as we said before, on the second levels where Hashem is the Creator. And the way it comes down into this world and it gets concealed through Shemalakim, and that becomes our power and our strength. And so, in other words, the Rebbe's saying is like this before we go for, for, forward and we get a little deeper into this. The Rebbe's saying is as follows Shuva Yisrael, Ad again, Shuva Yisrael is referring to Zah, the six Midas, Ad Malchus, and we have to take Zon Malchus and elevate it to the first level where we're going to the essence of Hashem, where on that level, Yud Kei and Al-Kim is the same thing. Once we return it to the highest level, 
through tshuva. Then we have to bring it down where Hashem alakacha, where Yudkei Bavke is concealed by alakacha, and and in alakacha should be felt the idea of Yudkei Bavke like we learned before through learning, turning, and doing mitzvahs. And that's why Yerba explains why when it comes to Yom Kippur, the last prayer service is called Ne'ilah. So in the last prayer service on Ne'ilah, what, what happens over there? We say seven times Hashem Hu Alakim. Why? Why do we say it seven times? Yerba explains it this. Because in the, seven, the ten days of Tshuva, and as we know, the ten days of Tshuva, even though throughout the year you can do Tshuva, you can do Tshuva whole year, and we should do Tshuva whole year. But the fact is, it's much more powerful, it's much more potent, potent, and it's much more accepted in ten days of Tshuva. So, Tshuva is good a whole year. Then you have Tshuva, the ten days of Tshuva, where it's pow- powerful and potent. Where's the main Tshuva take place? The main repentance takes place on Yom Kippur. And like the Rambam writes clearly, that Yom Kippur, the day of Yom Kippur, is a time for Tshuva for everybody. Everybody can do Tshuva on that day. And it's a day that Hashem forgives each and every one of us. Now, so that's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the most powerful day to return to Hashem, which basically means return to the essence of Hashem. On Yom Kippur itself, what is the most powerful part of the day? Ne'ilah, the end of the day. Why? Why is that part the most powerful day? Because that's when the gates close. And at that moment, when the gates are ready to close, what's right there, I'll say it in Hebrew, Yisrael umalka b'chul day. The only ones that are there is the Jewish people and Hashem together, nothing else. No one else, nothing else. And we're at that moment, the height of tshuva, the pinnacle moment of repentance, where we're one with Hashem, so we say seven times, Hashem hu alakim. Why is that? And the answer is like we learned before, there's two components there. On one hand, when we say Hashem Hu Alakim, what are we meditating on? You know Yud Kevavkei? It's like the level of Alakim. Why? Because we're connecting to the essence of Hashem. The first is we're going from we're going we're going to the level where we're, we're reaching to the stars. We're from that level, we're connected to Hashem. Hashem and Yud Kevavkei is just like Alakim. And like Dorb explains, it's known that Hashem Hu Alakim that we say by Neila. What does that mean? It's referring to the way Zah, the six Midois, which is connected to Yudke Bavke, it goes, so when it goes up to that level, <coughs> to Atik, when Zah goes up to Atik, when it goes up to that level, it's considered like Elohim. We're taking it to the highest level. But then, we have to draw it down from the highest level down to the lowest level. To the level where Yudke Bavke it comes into you, Elohim, and it gets concealed by Elohim, and then we bring back the revelation of Yudke Bavke through Tari Mitzvahs. And that's what we say seven times. Why do we say it seven times? Because when we bring back that powerful light from the highest level, you want to bring it back into the world, we want to bring it down to the seven lowest levels. And the Rebbe says that's why it's possible, it could be, that's why we say, we, at the end of Yom Kippur, we say as follows. We say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, we say it once. Baruch Shein Kweid Malchusay, we say it three times. And Hashem Uelakim, we say it seven times. So it explains beautifully. It's really, really a beautiful insight, and it'll create a whole different experience in Yom Kippur, and especially by Neila. Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, we say it once. Why? Because that's one journey up to the essence of Hashem. That's Shema Yisrael. Baruch Shein Kweid Malchusay, which we say three times. And Hashem Ulakim, which we say seven times, which is basically a total of ten times. 
and it's three and seven, three is representing the idea of intellect, and seven is the emotions, that's when we bring in the essence of the infinite of Hashem back down into this world, into our intellect and our emotions. So again, so the beautiful idea that was explained what happens in Yom Kippur is that again, we go up to the highest level, we connect to the Atmos, and we bring down that powerful light into all the ten spheres of the intellect and emotions, and that's why we say Shema Yisrael once, and Baruch Shem three times, and Hashem Elohim seven times. And the Rebbe says he'd like to connect this, what it says in the verse, on the day of our celebration, so what does it say? It's You should blow the trumpets. So Chatzoytzroitz literally is the trumpets. So we know the Rebbe has a famous teaching in the Magad Mezrich, Chatzoytzroitz is a trumpet. Bachatzoytzroitz, two trump, two trumpets. What's the idea of two trumpets? The, the Magad says, Shtei Chatzoytzroitz is referring, take the word Chatzoytzroitz, it's, and he, and he, and he breaks it apart to Chatzoytzroitz. <coughs> There's two half images. And like, the, like he explains in the Chassidic discourse, what are the two half images? It's referring to the revealed part. And as what a tzura is an image. So it's referring to the revealed part. And as on the revealed level, you can say that Hashem and the Jewish people, we're, we're two halves. We're in a relationship. There's God, there's us. So when you're at the level of revelation, there's God created the world. There's us here. We do mitzvahs and we have a relationship with Hashem. So in the level of shtei chatzayi us and Hashem, so to speak, we have some kind of relationship. However, when you go to the level of the essence of Hashem, over there, it's not that with two images, with two partners, with two halves. No, over there, Yisrael, the Chutzah, Bricha, Chad, Mamash, or one with Hashem. It's not two halves. On a revealed level, there's Hashem, and there's us, and we have a relationship. When you go to the essence of Hashem, we're all really one. It's not, we're not a separate entity, we're all part of Hashem. And the same thing also applies with two halves of the soul. There's the part of the soul that, that comes, that, that, which is above, that does not come into the body. And then there's the part of the soul that comes into the body. Because we know there's five levels to the soul. Chayichida hovers over us. Nefesh Ruach and Hashem comes into the body. Which is called the, the foot of the soul. Now, where do you have the difference between Chai and Chida and Nefesh Ruach Neshama, the part that does not come into the body, the part that comes in the body? It's referring to the revealed part of the soul. But the fact is, it's, it's the head, and it has some kind of connection. And that's why it's called, that's why, that's why it's called Mazal, which means it's a Mazal, hovers over, uh, but, but it does have some connection to the body. However, that's in the revealed part. When you're dealing with the Yechida, the essence of the soul, or as it's called, the etzim and the the essence of the soul, even though it has all the attributes in there, and it elevates all the attributes and all the spheroids, but it's much higher than, than revealed different levels, etc. And, it, and, it's, and the yichida is in every part of the neshama, up until the lowest level, which is called the ekashin and neshama, or even in the, in the heel of the body, and even outside the body. And that's how we know, according to the Jewish law, your four cubits around you, that, that becomes like your domain. If someone throws something in your, in your space, it becomes yours. So there's this one part of the Neshama which basically there's different levels, higher, lower, but then from the Yechidah perspective, it's really all one. So the says that's the difference between the blowing of the shofar and the trumpets. In other words, like we know it says in the Mishnah that the shofar makes a long sound and the Chatzor just makes smaller sounds. 
And the mitzvah of Roshana is to blow the shofar. Why? Because blowing the shofar, the straight sound, that's referring to the essence of our soul. And over there, we're one with Hashem. Versus that's where basically we're not necessarily one with Hashem. And that's why the shofar makes a long blast. What does a long blast mean? That it goes high to the highest level and it goes to the lowest level. Because what's, what's the avoid of shofar like we learned before? It's supposed to reach your essence of your soul. Your essence of your soul and it's supposed to reach us to the essence of Hashem. Which is b- above any level of revelation. So it's long, it reaches the essence of our soul and the essence of Hashem. And literally the highest level of Hashem to the highest level of us. And by connecting the highest to the level to the lowest, that's how we fulfill the dream of Hashem. Where Hashem had a dream and had a wish. He wanted a dwelling place down here. What does that mean he wanted? He wanted dear Eloisborak for the essence of Hashem, Bitahtoinim to the lowest place. That happens through the Shafer. But also that's an essential connection. But the fact is you also need to reveal stuff. And like, for example, literally, if you go to the palace of a king, so you have the essence of the king, but in the palace of the king, besides the fact you have the essence of a king, you have a beautiful palace and beautiful uh, um, furniture and beautiful uh, dishes, whatever, everything you have beautiful. So therefore, you need to have also the chatzaytrois. It's not enough to have the shayfar. And because it's beautiful to have both, the essence and the revealed part, that's why you have two, two different sounds. You have the chatzoy the trumpet sounds. That's why, you have the, that's why you have the straight sounds. But the mitzvah, the mitzvah, even though you want both, you have the, the, the tkiah, the shvar, and the truah, but the mitzvah is the shayfar. The mitzvah is the straight sound. Because the main work of Roshana is the work of connecting our essence of our soul with the essence of Hashem. That's the ultimate goal of Rosh Hashanah. The ultimate goal of Rosh Hashanah is to connect our essence of our soul with the essence of Hashem. Obviously, we bring it down. We need both. But that, but the ultimate goal is to, to create the, the powerful connection. I never continue not to say that's why in the 10 days of Truba, which basically, the 10 days of Truba starts at Rosh Hashanah, ends at Yom Kippur. So you have the two days of Rosh Hashanah, the one day of Yom Kippur at the end, seven days in the middle. So in the middle of an Osiris Shemei Truba, on Shabbos, what do we, what Haftari do we do? We do the Haftari of Shuvah Yisrael, Ad, Hashem Alekech, and now we already learned the inside, Shuvah Yisrael, Ad, we're taking Zon Malchus and returning it to the essence of Hashem and then drawing it back down. Why do we do it on Shabbos of Shuvah? Because these days, between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, is just on the same level Rosh as the same level as Rosh Hashanah and Kippur as well. And just, therefore, just like a Rosh Hashanah, what happens in Rosh Hashanah? It's the head that from Rosh Hashanah we get energy for the whole year. And literally that's how our behavior is a whole year. Based on the way we behave in Rosh Hashanah. Based on the resolutions we make in Rosh Hashanah. And like it's explained at length in the Hasidic Discourse of the Mithal Rabbi Teres Roish. That based on our resolutions of Rosh Hashanah, that's what kind of year we're going to have. So Rosh Hashanah is very, very powerful. affects our whole year. The same thing also Yom Kippur is also called, by the way, Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur is called Rosh Hashanah as well. And like it says in the prophets, not only that, Yom Kippur is the 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 soul and the internal part of of the year of us. And the same thing also, just like Rosh Hashanah is, 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 is affects our whole year, and Yom Kippur because it's like a Rosh Hashanah it affects our whole year. The same thing also, the seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, it cre- is is literally the way a whole year gets affected. And like we, like we already brought down in the beginning of the Hasidic discourse from the Arizal. The Arizal says that 
just to recap, that on every, that for example, Sunday of the 10 days of true affects all the Sundays, and the Monday, and so on and so forth. So the same thing also, every one of the days of the Sarasmei Shuvah affect the whole year. <clears throat> and therefore, in our case, Shabbos Shuvah, the way we, we do Shuvah on Shabbos Shuvah, that affects the true of a whole year. And therefore, the Rebbe explained, just similar to the two ideas before, where on one hand we have the halal, we're connecting to the essence of Hashem, on the other hand, we're drawing down the essence into this world. And like we said before, how do we draw down to this world? By saying seven times Hashem Elohim from one level to the next, by Yom, Yom Kippur. The same thing also applies in our tshuva that we do in the days of tshuva. And also on Shabbos tshuva, which affects the whole year and all the Shabbos that even though it's connected to tshuva, or every single day of tshuva. And Shabbos tshuva has both components. And the component of on one hand we're going to the highest level, on the other hand we're bringing it down to the lowest, lowest, lowest level. And that's why in Shabbos Shuvah, because it has the component, we're going to the essence of Hashem and we're bringing it down to this world. That's why in Shabbos Shuvah we say Shuvah Yisrael Ad Hashem because it includes both those ideas. And others on one hand elevating the Yisrael, which we learned before, Zah the six midos, and Ad, which is Malchus. We, we bring it to the level of Hashem Elokecha, which means that the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, and on that level, Yudke Bavke is like the level of Elokim, and then we bring it back down from the essence of Hashem till Hashem Elokecha, you know, to the level where Hashem is involved in Elokecha, and that becomes the life force of our, of our life. But how does that happen? It happens through literally doing tshuva, returning to Hashem. In other words, returning from the essence of our soul. <coughs> Oh, the Rebbe uses a powerful expression. We turn from the essence of our soul. What's the essence of our soul called? Yechida. Yechida gives, gives, gives a shake. And when Yechida gives a move and say, Yechida, I want to connect to Hashem, you literally create Truva and the level of Yisrael, which is Roish, the head, up until the lowest level. And by going ahead on Shabbos Truva and the days of Truva, doing sincere Truva, through that we create literally redemption from this exile. We can go out of Galos. And we'll have our eternal, we'll eternal, eternal, eternal gula, our internal freedom, our internal intention. And then once we have our internal freedom, our eternal redemption, we will have the ultimate global redemption when Mashiach comes. And as we know, it says when Mashiach comes, he's going to inspire even the tzaddikim to do tshuva. Because we learned today the power of tshuva. You get, you get, you get double Hashem Elokim, double Anoichi. So he's going to inspire even the tzaddikim to do tshuva. And the Mashiach we know is connected to the Yechida. Because we know the Mashiach is, is, is the Yechida, is the Yechida. And what's going to happen is we're going to have Pada B'Shalom Nashi. We're going to redeem our soul in peace. And where it says Hashem is, it says when we do Tshuva, we're going to take, um, uh, take us and Hashem out of exile. And it's going to, what we're going to create is we're going to create the Gula Hamitis Vashlema. The redemption, the true redemption, and the cre- complete redemption through Mashiach to Kenu, and, let's, and it's going to happen like the Rebbe finish off and says, "Bekarayv Mamish," very, very, very soon. Ubagala the Dan in our generation and our time. So here you have another powerful, beautiful Sunday discourse in honor of Shabbos Shuvah, literally opening up the path for us to reach the essence of Hashem. We're on the highest level, Yudke Vavke is like Elohim, but then bring that down to this world by revealing Yudke Vavke in the world, by learning, turning, doing mitzvahs. And like Dara finishes off, when we do tshuva, we'll ultimately merit the 
Revelation of Mashiach, and let's hope and God, pray that God willing, our next class will be Yerushalayim Ir Kodesh with Mashiach Tidkenu. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.